Rescued from a river. Come, Ramesses. We will show Pharaoh your new baby brother, Moses. <laughs> second born, second place. Not for long. Raised by royalty. You are not a prince of Egypt. What did you say? Everything I am is a lie. You are our son. I can't stay here any longer. Moses, please. Goodbye, brother. The truth gave him the courage to do the impossible. Abandon this futile mission, Moses. DreamWorks Pictures presents a story for our time. Look at your life through heaven's eyes. A celebration of the human spirit. is kenneth my name's john that's john that's my friend he's also a host on this show yeah uh what's going on john not much man ready to uh dive headfirst deep into this uh episode into this uh new movie that we have just seen well when i say new i mean uh a refresher if you will because it's uh it was stored away in my memory banks back in the the crypts of my mind palace um where it stayed there from the first time i saw it and watching it again i was going oh now i remember this movie was this your second time watching it i'm gonna say yes i know i've seen it at least once i know that it's probably the first movie that i recognized as being like a dreamworks movie if that makes any sense when i say that i don't know you know um, what i mean i don't think so but we'll get we'll get into it okay um <laughs> but before we can get into it we have a friend here with us a guest we do we do have and a guest i'm let's let's introduce him uh so this is somebody who is a good friend of mine and he is one of the three disney pals on disorder every disney film today we've got hunter with us 
What's up, Hunter? Hey, hey, guys! Like, I'm super excited to be here. This is one that uh, when when you said you were doing this, Kenneth, I was like, oh, that's that's a really fun one. That is kind of finding its place. I feel like I'm seeing more discussion around this film every day in a weird way. Maybe not every day, but at least like it's staying in the topic of conversation. Heck, one of the songs was just trending on Twitter yesterday. So like it was Which really interesting. Uh it was the um Deliver Us, the opening number, uh was showing up. There was actually a comparison between it was like which one's better and it was like uh, the Circle of Life, The Bells of Notre Dame, Deliver Us. And I think it was like, uh, I forget the opening number for Pocahontas, but that one was on there too. But like, this is the one DreamWorks movie that showed up in like all these different Disney movies. Um, so yeah, the conversation around this one has been sparking up for a little while. And I'm uh, I'm excited to kind of get into this one with you. I feel like it's uh, it's finding its place, but it's still kind of under the radar at the same time. I actually totally missed that whole discussion yesterday because, and I'm glad that I had the same thought watching this last night of like well, that opening se segment. I was like, man, this feels a lot like the bells of Notre Dame. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I kind of wish that the, it was a cold open and the title of the movie came at the end of that number, but it, it doesn't. And it feels, yeah, it feels wrong to me that the, it doesn't do that. <laughs> No, 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 no. I totally agree. And I actually think for like thematic purposes, they should have pulled like a 300 where just like Prince of Egypt splattered across the screen in blood. <laughs> just like really go hardcore with it and establish yeah. the tone. But you know what? Not to get too far off topic. Hunchback of Notre Dame. Like, I don't think you could beat Bells of Notre Dame in like that category, but it's still a really good song. I'm sure we'll get to it. Yeah. Um. Well, OK, so. So uh, two weeks ago, uh, we had our first episode with ants and John and I, we are, we are still new at this. We're still kind of figuring out the format of the show, but we, we decided we don't want to do like a whole episode of recapping the plot of, of each movie. Um, cause we kind of want to have a more general discussion about, about things that stood out to us. But we still do need to go through what happens in the movie. So, John, if you could uh, if you could help us with that and tell us what, what you're about to do. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when we were watching Ants uh, last time, I, I kind of was kind of writing down some of the plot as I was going through the movie. And it all fit on like one page of this little notebook that I was writing in. And I was able to like say what the movie was in less than 60 seconds. And I'm like, oh. All right, well, that's the plot. Might as well just go over it. And we ended up kind of uh, go going at length discussing everything that happened in that movie, which there was a lot that we had to unpack. Um, this one, I while I was watching Prince of Egypt, I was doing the same thing, and it turned into two pages. Uh, I, I might have like added a few more things and, and gone over the plot a little bit further. But there's a lot more that happens in this film. So I was able to kind of cut it down, cut it back a little bit. And it's not going to be 60 seconds, but it's going to be a minute and 30 seconds of me uh, explaining what happens in this movie and explaining the plot. Great. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get a timer started. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yes. Yes. All right. Here is... 
Oh, let me get a sip of water. I'm going to talk myself crazy oh, yeah. here in a second. <clears throat> Before we started. Prepare. Down. Prepare the vocal cords. All right. Here we go. This is the Prince of Egypt. Back in Egypt times, a Hebrew baby was born, and to protect it, the mother sends it down the river in a basket. That lucky baby floats his way to the Pharaoh's wife, where she decides to keep it. Time passes. The baby Moses and the Pharaoh's son Ramses grow up together and are like brothers. Watch them race chariots. Ramses gets for some, some responsibility from his father Seti, the Pharaoh, and in return, Ramses makes Moses the royal chief architect. A desert woman is given to Moses as a gift, but she escapes, so Moses follows her into the city where he is recognized by his Hebrew sister. He dismisses her, but she sings a song that he remembers his mother singing when he was just a baby. Baby. Cue cool dream sequence of hieroglyphics giving exposition of Seti kill, killing Hebrew babies. Moses one day kills an Egyptian slaver who was beating a Hebrew slave. Moses flees Egypt to avoid the consequences of murder. He survives the desert, runs into desert woman, marries her, and becomes a shepherd. Moses one day comes across a burning bush. The bush reveals itself as God and asks Moses to return to Egypt and ask Pharaoh to let the Hebrews go. Moses returns to Egypt and goes to the Pharaoh who has now wants his brother Ramses. He asks his brother to let the people go. Ramses says no. Cue plague montage. Moses asks one last time. Pharaoh says no. Moses lets God do the big dirty, a.k.a. killing all the firstborns in Egypt that don't have lamb's blood on their doors. Ramsey's son dies. Ramses lets the people go, but then decides at the last minute to chase after Moses and the Hebrews to get vengeance. God does the parting of the Red Sea, and we see the whale on the water. Moses and his people make it safely across and escape Egypt, and they live happily ever after after totally and uh, did not end up wandering in the desert for 40 years because they would not stop complaining all the time. <laughs> wow. That was very succinct. You hit yes. everything. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. Uh, I, I think what's most important is you got that little taste at the very end. And uh, <laughs> I grew up, uh, so I grew up in a Southern Baptist family. So I'm pretty familiar with the book of Exodus and the story of Moses. And I just, I wish there was like one of those, Kenneth, are we free to curse on this podcast or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Okay. Fine. I wish that there was like a shitty direct-to-video sequel at the end, which is just about how Moses got lost he didn't act, he saw the promised land and then immediately keeled over and kicked the bucket without actually making it like just really yeah. crush everybody's dreams. Yeah. <laughs> but he sees it. He gets there. He gets to see it over the top of a hill and then he dies after 40 years. It's, it's really incredible. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah so the 40 years is after the Red Sea, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because I'm in as I was watching, I was like, boy, they really got there fast for 40 years. This movie glossed right <laughs> over. But no, it was after. Okay. So. Dude, they no, were I... picking up like those sonic rings the entire way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so last time we were talking about ants and we talked a lot about the history of how ants came to be and how DreamWorks kind of in general came to be. And this was supposed to be the first movie released from DreamWorks Animation. And man, I really wish it had been yeah it's so good it's so much better than ants in every single way um <laughs> do you think that's due to um the subject matter do you feel like that's due to the uh animation style that they choose where it's a combination of computer generated and uh 2d animation um do you think it's the the cast um being honest, I can. I think I can hop in here. I yeah, honestly but... think that this was a point. I, I don't think it's it's dramatic to say or or hyperbolic. This is a period of time where Jeffrey Katzenberg was incredibly uh, bitter at Disney uh, before going on to make DreamWorks, 
And after kind of seeing what Pixar was doing and having their success with Toy Story, they basically just said, okay, okay, we we have to beat them to the punch. And like, I firmly believe that's the only reason that Ants came first. Is oh, it is. Sheer, it absolutely is. It, it's the sheer spite in Katzenberg's heart about getting back at Disney. And that's what it really comes down to. Yeah, yeah, we covered we covered it last time of like, yeah, I think it might be the only movie that was ever made purely out of spite. Um, yeah. <laughs> but as 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 for why Prince of Egypt is is so good, I think it's I think it is just done so earnestly. Like it feels like they really cared about telling this story and making a good movie out of it and it feels in a lot of ways a lot like one of the better Disney Renaissance movies. Um, and it has music by Hans Zimmer and songs by Stephen Schwartz, who are both, um, you know, uh, partners in the Disney Renaissance. Uh, Hans Zimmer did the score yeah. for Lion King. Stephen Schwartz wrote the songs for Pocahontas. So like all the pieces are there, but then you still have, uh, you still get a little bits of like that Katzenberg classic, like, but can we make it, a little bit darker and scarier and like yeah like how many kids can we kill in this movie like can we <laughs> can we get away with that <laughs> we're, we're not we're not quite to like the don bloof scariness like we're in like kind of a safe middle space where we're not like on secret of nim just like absolutely terrifying oh us. yeah but um yeah i think there is something to be said i i think it was very smart um by this time I feel like our opinions on religion ha had changed a little bit and we were more capable of enjoying um, these sorts of things as a, I, I feel like maybe more of as a, as a spectacle. Um, these are stories that pretty much everybody knows regardless of their religious history. They, they might not know the entirety of the, the story of the, the book of Exodus and Moses, but most people are familiar with the Ten Commandments, the burning bush, and that iconography. And I can understand why they could say, hey, you know what, this is just as, this is just as recognizable as a lot of the classic fairy tales that Disney was doing when they first started. Let's try to get back to it just on a scale on the epicness of a biblical story. Um, and obviously this is something they tried again with, uh, joseph king of dreams uh which which was the prequel to this one uh that came a little bit later but yeah they, they kind of said hey here's a here's a rich well of storytelling that people are familiar with let's let's try to do it as our version of the quote-unquote fairy tale yeah and and you you i think you hit the nail on the head with that one because when, when it came to dreamworks trying to figure out what they were going to do like they they can't continue to like rip off of what disney is doing they kind of have to to carve their own path and katzenberg uh apparently had frequently suggested an animated adaptation of the uh ten commandments yeah while working for disney he wanted to do that and uh, it wasn't until that he got to dreamworks and like finally i am released <laughs> let's do it <laughs> ten commandments here we go wait no not Ten Commandments, the Exodus book. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was a Katzenberg pitch because I, to me, this movie always felt, um, especially like the last few times that I've watched it in the last couple of years, it's always felt to me like Steven Spielberg. Well, I guess Katzenberg and Spielberg are both um, Jewish guys. I would, I would assume. Yeah. 
Um, well, and with well, we know that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know about Geffenberg, but um, oh come on, it's Spielberg, <laughs> Spielberg and Katzenberg. It feels to me like, especially with Spielberg, he had been spending his whole life watching Disney animated movies and and kind of thinking like, yeah, these movies are great, but they're told very much from like a, a Christian, uh, like white Christian type of mindset. And he's like, yeah, where's, yeah. The, where's the Disney animated movie for the Jews? Where's the Jewish version of this? Like, it kind of felt to me like that's what they wanted to do of like, we got to get one for the Hebrews, but put one so that they can watch it at like at, at, at synagogue, you know? Well, he but did. Also, he did. It, it works I, great that it, it's also part of like the Christian Bible and like the story kind of spans a lot of different faiths. So it, it doesn't have to be like, this one's like the story of Hanukkah or something like it, it kind of covers everybody or a lot of people. Well, I was, I was going to say, I, I think that's where or why we got a, an American tale. Because, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Yeah. Elaborate, elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me, let me look it up for you. Okay. American tale. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, because I don't know when that came out. 1986. Okay. I don't think... That that wasn't Don Bluth, was it? Let me see. I think it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was Don Bluth. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing... It says, Steel, uh, it says Spielberg Presents, but I don't, I don't see like where... It's uh, the production comp- company of uh, Amblin Entertainment and Sullivan Blue Studios... And distributed by Universal. Um, where? So I'm looking. Yeah, I don't see anything like producer Steven Spielberg or anything like that. Well, I think he was like the executive producer. Oh, like, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Executive producer. Of that and like Bland Before Time and mm-hmm. um, We're Back at Dinosaur Story, maybe? <laughs> uh, let's see. Yep, Land Before Time. Okay. Yeah, so... Uh, so that was like oh, the first big Jewish animated movie was An American Tale. I, I feel... Maybe the biggest? Yeah, because let me see. It's It was a budgeted $9 million movie and the box office had made $104 million. So it made like 10 times uh the money for the budget nice yeah it's like the the beginning plot in 1885 the mouskowitzes a russian jewish family of mice who live with a human family named mouskowitz are having a celebration of hanukkah so i mean i mean mean, like the first sentence is like here's what you're getting yeah that's great this is a this is an (laughs) animated jewish story about a jewish mouse a boom but is but, American Tale American Tale isn't like a Broadway style musical the way that that a lot of the Disney Renaissance was, right? And it's also pre-Renaissance uh, that it came out. So they had they had some songs in there, and I mean they had like uh, a really big song in uh, somewhere out there. Well, yeah, that, that got that got radio play and everything. But that's an all-time uh, classic. Yeah. So. I, okay. I, I I don't I don't know if it would be like 
Has there ever been an American Tale musical? I don't think so. Mm. There was an American Tale stage show at Universal when the park first opened. That's true. Uh, where uh, Beetlejuice was and where Fast and Furious is now. Yeah. I never saw it, mm. but we, we can we can... With no other information, we will just confirm that, yes, there has been a musical. Yes. No. I, I've only uh, seen a, <laughs> a picture, and that has been it. Yeah. Um, so, hold on. So, let's get into the opening sequence. Like, we're not going to go through the whole movie again, because John already covered it. But, like, that opening sequence is one of the best opening sequences. Like like you said, Hunter, like, that, that discussion is totally worthwhile to me of like who had the best opening like it's so great what like what are your thoughts yeah i i think it is one of those scenes that just really resonates with you it is one of those where i think that for a long time animation has been heading towards something where it is more than um you know it's it's more than just a medium for kids and while animation fans have known that for a long time I feel like the conversation around the Hunchback of Notre Dame, you know, that movie got a lot of flack for, hey, this this isn't good for kids. Like, th- this is an adult's movie, which you go back and watch the Hunchback of Notre Dame. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, this is totally safe for kids. But I think Prince of Egypt especially even pushes that a little bit further just because it is not afraid to tackle the source material and make you it, it makes you feel the direness of the situation. Um and this is something that comes back to play very effectively uh, in the traditional story, but within the movie itself, you understand Moses's personal mission and why it's so important to free his people because this opening scene completely sets the tone. And it is one of those that combines the, not only is the song great, but it is, if you go through and like read those lyrics and then alongside the performance, like it's a really powerful number. And it's just one of those things where everything comes together to make something that I think is especially moving. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I totally agree that that opener, uh, cause it, it's kind of like a two parter. Cause at first you have, uh, the whole deliver us part, which is very, very large, very big. It's got a, a, a chorus of, of a choir of people singing along with it. And then it transitions into uh, the lullaby mm-hmm. uh, that Moses' mother uh, sings to him uh, while putting him in the basket and sending him off uh, down the river. Um, really, really powerful stuff. I mean, they were, you could tell that this was the one that they were spending all their time and energy on when you compare it to the opener of Ants. Uh, <laughs> what what if ants start, what if ants started out with deliver us <laughs> or something like it like yeah. <laughs> it would have been it would have been more along the lines of like it would have been the z on like his typical horrible day singing this big number and like getting splashed by a car passing by and exactly um, I, i'm thinking just... <laughs> i'm thinking it's a song i'm thinking it's a song called don't step on us which carries oh. a lot of the same thematic weight, you know? Don't step on but, us. Yes, exactly. We are and ants, we're all down here. <laughs> Don't step on us. Yes, I, I think it's beautiful. Um, I, I personally think that ants would probably go up like 
maybe like a quarter of a letter grade if it had a number <laughs> like that. Yeah. They, um, they needed a bigger opener for sure. Instead yeah. of just uh, him talking to a psychiatrist. And, <laughs> oof. <laughs> Although it, it it fits with the way that you feel about the movie after it's over, you're like, I need to talk to somebody about this. this yeah, is, I'm <laughs> exactly. <upset. laughs> Dude, every time I watch Ants, I end up just finding a friend. Like we know each other, but we're not like super close, so I can just kind of like dump on them. And if they still want to be my friend afterwards, I know we're cool. But if not, <laughs> like I didn't lose anything in the process. I won't. I'm not gonna subject the good China. Or excuse me, the bad China on those I care about, you know? Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh yeah, no, no, no. My only complaint about uh Deliver Us, and I feel like this is kind of recurrent um through the movie as a whole, and, and this is this is my petty thing. Like I always get into petty, but animation is like such a thing for me. And even in the late nineties, we were still in that era where CG animation was really kind of coming into its own. And I think this movie does have several scenes where it blends the CG and the, the hand-drawn stuff in a nice way. The basket that Moses floats in just looks like <laughs> a moldy like bread uh, floating down the river. Like There's no texture to it at all. And I'm like, why couldn't you just hand animate that? I know you want it for effect, but like... And, you know, it's I I feel like Hunchback is like the closest comparison to this one. But just like you look at kind of like the bells and everything that that movie had. It's like, really? Like the basket. And I feel so bad because the scene is great. But every time my eye goes to that basket, I'm like, oof. Yeah. Were were the bells in Hunchback um, computer animated? Yes. Yeah. And they, they, they stick out to you in the same way? They do, but I don't think they're nearly as harsh. Um, I I will say, like, I think one of the worst examples, and this was very early on, um, but on Disorder, we talked about escaping um, from the Cave of Wonders and Aladdin. Oh, and yeah. And that whole yeah. has not held up very well at all. Um, but this one is not as bad, but it's just like, great, 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 great. What the hell is up with that basket? Great, great, great. And, uh, yeah. Um, I like, what what I really liked about uh, Deliver Us is to me it kind of hits three, three genres of the epic animated opening. So mm-hmm. it starts with all of the slaves working and, you know, singing that Deliver Us part where it's kind of similar to how the little mermaid opens or like how Pocahontas opens with like that kind of like chorus of male voices, you know, that yeah. like, Oh, Oh, like that work song kind of sound or then, uh, frozen. Yeah. Frozen starts yeah. with the same sort of thing. Um, and then you go into the lullaby and like the emotional moment with the mom, which is very much like hunchback uh, when Quasimodo's parents are, you know, uh, trying to get rid of him. <laughs> and then, and then you get into the basket sequence, which, you know, this is before Dinosaur came out, but it reminds me a lot of that journey of that egg at the beginning of Dinosaur. Um, yeah. yeah. So you kind of get hit, get all three of those. Um, to me, I, I actually like this opening better than the Lion King opening. And the only, so, the wow. only mark, the only mark I have against it is that the, the, it's not a cold open that kind of reveals the title at the end of the sequence. Oh, like um, Lion King? Yeah, but maybe yeah. that's why they didn't do it. They're like, well, we can't copy it exactly. Uh, but man, that's it would have many... packed such a punch. 
It would have. Because, uh, I mean, yeah, Lion King is done, but a lot of other movies have done that where they'll do like a prologue scene to kind of set up the tone of the movie and then they'll hit you with the title card. And then, and then there's some movies that will wait till the very last second to hit the title card. Yeah, I always love that when the whole movie is a cold open. Yeah. the the whole movie you sit through an hour and 30 minutes of a movie and the title card comes like, wow what a movie and then you expect the credits to roll and then more movie happens we're not done yeah Yeah. continuing we're 90 minutes in we got the title all right now we're getting started here we go here we go (laughs) that's how you know that's how you know it's going to be a good movie um (laughs) objectively not a good movie but the one i always think of is the 2009 friday the 13th where you literally watch like half an hour of this movie with an entirely different cast of characters. And then they throw up the title card and just restart the same story again. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, what? I'll give it, I'll give it a lot of, uh, a lot of praise. Cause I, I like it, but man, what a, what an entrance, but That's you're totally right. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Um, but yeah, deliver us is one of those songs. I think it's great. I do think it's funny that just like, if this movie was to come out today, you could totally buy, like a sacrilegious plush of baby Moses that you can take <laughs> care of. Probably yeah. made by like the for real people. Um, Build a bear. You can go to Build a Bear and make your own baby Moses. <laughs> make your own baby Moses. And they're like, you get a free basket. And I'm like, no, thank you. Like, we've got <laughs> that doesn't look right. Um, but yeah, it it is it's, all joking aside, it is a really good scene. And I actually really like the tenderness um, that is shown between the Pharaoh's wife and Moses. Um, oh, and yeah. setting up that relationship. I do think that it's just, uh, it, it does end up capturing all these different emotions, but it never feels ham fisted. And I think what you said was so important about, you know, it has like three big movements and it never feels like, holy shit, I've got whiplash. How did I get to this point? But yeah. it does transition very, very nicely, which I think they deserve a lot of credit for because it totally could have been very, very jarring. Yeah. Do we think that Baby Moses belongs in the upper echelons of cute babies like like Grogu and Baby Groot <laughs> and and Baby are, Sinclair? Are you going to add that to your phone background? I might have to add Baby Moses <laughs> to my collage. <laughs> I'll 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 put this out on the on the on the Dream Jerks like Instagram and and Twitter. But I made a I made a collage of my favorite cute baby creatures from uh, pop culture. And most of them are new ones. We've got Baby Grinch, Gizmo, uh, Grogu, Baby Groot, um, Baby Sinclair, and I think Baby Moses is going to be the next addition. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm going to be honest. No, he is not as cute as Grogu or Groot, but for a human child, he's pretty cute. Yeah, yeah. He, they did a good job. I also yeah. want to highlight, I want to give a shout out to whoever was the animator who worked on Moses's mom's hair when she's singing to him as he's like floating away, I think. And like her hair is whipping around like crazy. <laughs> and this animator was like, I'm going to, I'm going to animate the hell out of this hair. It's going to be so <laughs> animated. I want to work on the hair. <laughs> I call the hair. Good. I call the hair. I all um, I call, I call. I'm going to make this the best hair anyone's ever seen. <laughs> They're going to remember drawn, this hair. Drawn in a frenzy. It's two o'clock in the morning. He's he's animating the hair, animating, animating, animating. <laughs> I gotta get this right. So fun fact, like this this movie had a seventy million dollar budget, which is you know pretty respectable. Um, 
they actually spent about 45 million on that hair scene like a long <laughs> yeah. time they, and you can use there was 350 animators on this they used 278 of them um yeah. and the rest of them are like where are we going to get the budget for this basket and they're just like we don't know we got to work on this hair dude here's here's my morning croissant that has grown stale quickly use it can you can you scan this in the 3d modeler and then we'll just like spray paint it brown can we do that yeah yeah do whatever do whatever and and one guy's got like the the vr headset and the gloves and he's like i got this hair i think i got it just right and he's moving his hands around (laughs) looking at it in the in the in the in the scope and he's like this is it yeah. He's using one of those like 90s, what were they called? Like spectrographs or whatever, where you're like <laughs> tracing the spirals and there's yeah. just like a herd of people all in their animation sweatshop doing one of those spectrographs and then they're just layering them on top of each other. Yeah. All worth it. All worth all, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, uh, oh, go ahead, John. I was going to say, I, I did find the the Facebook post that was going around that was asking people which intro was the best. Uh, Circle of Life, Deliver Us, Bells of Notre Dame, and then Two Worlds, One Family, and Gospel Truth. Mm. Oh, yeah, Gospel I don't think Truth any of those are good. on the same level, though. Yeah. It's good, but you're telling it's, me it compares to like Bells and this one? Yeah, yeah, Bells and this one, I think, are are the top two of that list to, for me. I mean, the Lion King opening is iconic, but it, it mm. doesn't hit. It doesn't pack that same punch as as the bells and deliver us do mm-hmm. you know it's it's yeah. it's huge and it's epic but it isn't it isn't moving in that same way yeah sure on the on the topic of songs this movie in general has really good songs in it with one exception to me um but dang it i should have pulled up these songs before i started talking about this i'm an idiot okay. i'm so <laughs> stupid um musical numbers here we go uh so deliver us and river lullaby are listed here as two different musical numbers i i call bs that's wrong they are the same yeah, <laughs> sure. they, they, they kind of run right into each other yeah they're kind of they're kind of packed it's it's kind of like one of those one of those things that you're listening to uh, an album on a cd and there's like no pause in between two songs it just starts right into the next right sure deliver us deliver us and river lullaby are like are like uh jesus of suburbia like they're kind of two different (laughs) songs but they're also one song they're the same yeah yeah yeah. Um, well you know why they did that (laughs) they separated them totally like this is my personal hand canon but i believe it's correct they did that so a Sunday school teacher did not have to like terrify a bunch of four-year-olds by having to go all the way through deliver us at the top <laughs> because they're like, Oh, this is a really sweet song. Maybe we'll learn like the Napoleon dynamite, like sign language dance to this. <laughs> and then you start up with just, Oh, and it's like, you know, you've, you've got to have the distinguisher there. You, the, the page break is essential. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at this and it says Brenda Chapman sang the river lullaby who is one of the co-directors of the movie and went on to co-direct brave and she did she's done a lot of stuff she's kind of an important lady in the history of animation and also married to kevin lima who directed um a goofy movie which you guys are just talking about now on on disorder hunter yeah and also directed um tarzan and enchanted so that's her husband and she is the singer of the river lullaby apparently Interesting. So that's pretty cool. I didn't know she could sing. 
Um, then there's All I Ever Wanted. That's I like that song a lot, actually. Um, that's the one that Moses sings about, uh, like, when he re- kind of is realizing that his life is not what he thought it was. Yeah. Um, very dramatic song. Yeah. Then there's Through Heaven's Eyes. That song, that song is great. I think that's the one where I wrote down on my thing, the songs in this movie slap. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a good song. That's yeah. really good. And that sequence is a lot of fun too. Yeah. Um, and at this point, what's that? that Jethro, I think is that character's name, who is yes. voiced by Danny Glover, who at this point now, two movies in, is the John Ratzenberg of <laughs> DreamWorks. Of DreamWorks. <laughs> yeah. um, He's in every film. Lucky Charm. He's in the, he's in the first two. Yeah. Um, then Do you think like they booked him for this one during Ants, and then he had already done his voice dialogue, and then he saw Ants, and he's like, "I'm never coming back." And he like disconnected <laughs> his phone number, he changed his email address. You can't yeah. get in touch with the glove man. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, he probably recorded this one first. I'm guessing because Ants was rushed out, out of like, you know, we have to beat a bug's life. So yeah, then. Yeah. But then when he saw Ants and he was like, oh man, I delivered such a dramatic performance and like my character was dying. And then he sees it and it's like Woody Allen is just holding his head and he's yeah. like, I can't feel my legs. And the guy's like, I didn't think that that's what it was going to be. I'm mad now. I'm never doing this again. <laughs> um, take a look at your life through heaven's eyes. That's a good one. Now yeah. that he, this number six is the to me one of the worst songs in any movie ever, and that's playing with the big boys. Oh no, I like this song. I think it's you a like blast. it. Yeah, I think so. It is one of those things where I think this song objectively. I will give you this, Kenneth. I think it objectively sucks if you're not watching <laughs> it in the context of the movie. Like yeah. I, I will say that, but with the combination, I think it's such a cool sequence, and like. I kind of don't fault them at the same time because they fit what feels like 600 like Egyptian gods and like figures in the song. I think it's actually like 12 (laughs) or 16 or something, which like the fact that they even tried to do that. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. But it is one of those where like you have all these great numbers that are like, oh man, great vocal performances. The movement's really going. And then you've got Steve, Steve Martin. And Martin Short just, you'll play with the big boys now. <laughs> and it's like, I get it because it's, I will say something that I think Prince of Egypt captures so, so well. I think even more than a lot of the Disney movies, maybe even more so, it's very, very like Broadway theatrical. Um, and yeah. each one of these has like a huge production. And every Broadway musical that that I personally care for kind of has a song like playing with the big boys where it is, you got to have that quote unquote comedic number with these side characters. That's not as memorable, but they usually go out all out and make you like at least care about it visually. And that's what this is to me. Yeah. Right. That makes sense to me. This kind of fills the gap of like the villain song for this movie because there isn't Mm -hmm. really a villain song. And this visually, it kind of feels similar to like Be Prepared or any, you know, any of the classic Disney villain songs, but it's just not catchy or um, musically good really at all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I actually think that's a good place to just kind of bring this up because I, I think that is probably the objectively the biggest flaw with this movie. I feel like you can respect it, but 
the fact that they spend so much time building the Moses and Ramsey's relationship, even when Ramsey's turns quote unquote into the bad guy of the movie, they still make it a point to make him very sympathetic. Um, as far as like, Oh, I understand kind of where you're coming from. You're a bit of a jerk, but like, you know, you're, you're Pharaoh, you understand you're doing what's right. I think if they would have flipped that switch and like, ramped it up a bit more and actually made Ramsey's descend fully into kind of his madness after the death of his son and, and chasing after them. There's not a really satisfying payoff or a conclusion for the bad guy in this movie. And I, I really do think that that's something that this one is missing. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's uh, you, you kind of get this feeling whenever uh, Moses comes back and they have that scene where they they're, they're first meeting after all those years that he's there's still that that love that they that they share being that they that they grew up together as brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, but he never really goes full heel. Yeah, it's it's strange. It's it's like he's. <sighs> he 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 does the thing where he says that he's going to double the workload of the slaves and it's all your fault i'm going to blame you moses you're the reason for this um because he had the audacity to be like hey i'm i'm here i'm back i'm alive but i'm i can't you know we're not brothers you know i, I found out the truth i'm not egyptian i'm hebrew here's that ring that you gave me take it back all this stuff so it, he feels very slighted and betrayed and I, I guess that that's that's the reasoning for for most of his anger towards Moses and towards uh, the Hebrews is that it's, he just feels betrayed. Yeah, he feels he feels alone kind of deal. So. Totally. Um, one of the things that I do like, though, about playing with the big boys is the banjo solo that Steve Martin's character gets to do. <laughs> oh, yes. I forgot yeah. about that. It devolves oh. into like a four minute banjo solo. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's, he halfway through, he's like, all right, and now we're going to try a new number. Here we go. King Tut. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember Tut? Tut, he was thinking about Tut. <laughs> Born in Arizona. <laughs> Whatever. What, Alona, King, King Tut. Tut. That was great. <laughs> Do you think that maybe that's why they cast him in this? <laughs> that's probably why. They're like, ah, we need to get like two comedic actors for these two like uh, magicians that are that are like uh, advisors to the to the throne of Egypt. Who do we get? Egypt throne comedic uh, Steve Martin. Yeah. And Martin Short just shows up because they're a deal package. Right. Because Martin Short was just hanging out at Steve Martin's house when he got the call. He's like, yeah. can Martin come too? Can Marty come? <laughs> can Marty come? Yeah, yeah. I want to come too, Steve. <laughs> All right. You boys can come along. Yay! <laughs> Mom said you can come over, but you have to be nice. Um, yeah. You yeah. have to let Martin Short be in the movie too. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, on, he wouldn't Mom. get his renaissance for a couple more years when he finally got a chance to do the Santa Claus 3. So, like, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Um, but yeah Um, i under i understand what you're saying about playing with the big boys for sure it's it's the weakest song um but so for instance i've always been on the 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 level that 
I think by far Fixer Upper is the worst song in Frozen. I just think it completely derails things. It's the finale song. I really don't care for it. Um, but at least this one, like it's towards, yes, towards the endish of the movie, but it's not like the final number by any means. There's still several more songs. Right. So it's like, okay, okay, that's that was weird. That's a nice little detour. And then you just get right <laughs> back to it. Yeah. I, I agree with you on on Fixer Upper that like it's it's probably the worst song in Frozen, but I don't think it's bad. And I think the biggest problem with it is that it's the last song and that it kind of feels like at a certain point they kind of forgot that Frozen was a musical. And they're yes. like, oh wait, there should have been another song here. Like if Playing With The Big Boys was the last song in this movie and we didn't go to When You Believe, which is like one of the most beautiful epic uh, songs like ever put in, a, in an animated musical, like if we didn't get that and it just ended with playing with the big boys, I would have been much more upset with it. Oh yeah, yeah. totally, totally. And you get into those more epic songs. Um, so like, like I said, yeah. And like you just said, it is one of those where you're just like, okay, well, I guess we'll get back to it. It's, yeah. uh, it's kind of like um, another one. We keep talking about Hunchback, but just like a guy like you is the last song from Hunchback, <laughs> like officially. <laughs> But oh, you do wow. get like that reprise, <laughs> which um, just a reminder, maybe if you haven't listened to Disorder, just our favorite line between the three of us uh, in Disney history is, though he's shaped like a croissant is. Um, and I just think playing with the big boys needed more croissant shaped jokes uh, about Moses. They, yeah. they needed his baskets to fall from the ceiling. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. So, fun fact. Uh, the budget was super low. Uh, and when they actually got to the hail scene, which is supposed to be hail, not raging balls of fiery death falling from the sky. Right. Um, that, that is, uh, th those are actually burning bread baskets. Um, oh. That, that they just threw a fire over the top of. Makes that's sense. Why, that's why they had that shape. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Huh. There you go um and then th th this lists the plagues as a musical number i don't really remember that being a song oh i remember it oh you remember it's, it it's a huge I, number it's maybe the most epic seriously yeah i like I remember that the one. sequence but i don't remember the song that's the thing well it's, that's the thing you're so focused on like everything that's happening you can totally tune off the music unintentionally yeah. right oh you know what i do remember because it's it's very like choral Yes. And like, kind of like, um, what's that one? Uh, the, the, the duel of the fates from duel from, of fates. Uh, yeah. It yeah, feels totally. kind of like that to where, like, I didn't even realize that I was supposed to be listening to the words because it's just like, so like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, like type of thing. Yeah. Now I, now I want duel of the fates to play during that sequence. All right. Somebody cut it up, put it up, <laughs> put it together. Um, I, I send my scourge. I send my sword, thus yeah. saith the Lord. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're getting down to it, are we? But that sequence just like, oh my God, like that that might be the best sequence on an animation level, uh, front to back. I would say kind of starting uh, with that song and then of course going through the death of the firstborn. Like that, I really yeah. think that is the highlight of the movie, at least on an animation level. But you get like that great shot. I made fun of like, the fiery hail falling from the sky. Yeah, that's yeah. like artistic liberty. But that scene where it's like falling and then it's landing on top of the pharaoh and just like the fires pouring out of his eyes, 
they yeah. they really go through uh there's like the frog army attack which i think is still yeah. the reason i don't care for frogs like absolutely scary <laughs> um sorry all you did you hate people. The, did you hate the frog lady on mandalorian I just, You're oh like, my god! I, <laughs> I I stopped watching. I just said, "Look, there's too many transphobes. There's too many frogs. I just yeah. can't do this anymore." Give me all the spiders you want, but I don't like that frog lady. <laughs> yeah. But I guess, like the scene, despite you know all these crazy, crazy moments, there's that great scene where Ramses and Moses, Moses is on like a rooftop looking into the palace and then Ramses is looking out at him and they have that moment of connection. And then the scene kind of morphs their two faces together and yeah, then yeah. They, they go split down. I'm like, Oh my God, like this is great. Like this is really, really top tier stuff. And I think like that whole sequence gives this like a letter grade and a half um, on yeah. top of what you were already going to give it. It's really, really good. Right. It's great, great visuals, great music, and they something that could have been stretched out to 20, maybe 25 minutes of film, they pack in like three to four minutes. Oh, and, totally. And, and it's super impactful. Yeah. And I think that like that could have been a deal, you know, like the Ten Commandments is a very long movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's one that I've seen a couple times just because, you know, it always usually shows around that time of year. But the fact that they managed to pack all this in and you're still like you get the impact of it and you also feel satisfied as like, oh, that's a big thing on the checklist that I need to see. Yeah. Even despite the relative brevity of it, it's handled with such like emotion that you're like, wow, like that really, really resonates. Yeah. Right. And it's it's interesting to think that they packed the same amount of time for something as in. Im- uh, important to the story as the the plagues coming to Egypt. Yeah, they pack they pack that much amount of time to the chariot race at the beginning of the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, pretty- that's that's the thing that starts everything off. Like that's that's the most important moment in Egyptian history, probably second to the Exodus. But the 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 nose getting broken from the Sphinx, uh, that. Yeah. That's one of those things that has been put in so many animated movies of like everyone wants to come up with their funny wh- reason why that nose is missing. Yeah. It was but... aliens or a rock was thrown at it or, or, or Garfield was trying to get some lasagna. <laughs> it's the greatest and... Egypt scene um, until Despicable Me came out. I, I think that's, that's true. To say. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I love the very casual scolding that they get. That it's like, oh man, you boys always messing up stuff. And it's like, I can only imagine how the slaves felt in that instance. They're like, bro, <laughs> yeah. you know how many hours, how hot it is in Egypt for you just to be fucking shit up like this? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. And they really could have killed several people during that. all those hijinks. Yeah. I, I, I mean, were... they, they had that wall of that tidal wave of sand cover the magicians yeah. which survived but the, all those other uh, uh I, I don't know who they were like pharaoh's guards or temple people or whoever were following the magicians they they got they got swallowed up by that sand too man yeah. we don't know if they lived or died <laughs> they, I mean, they could that, have been dead for all we know and they're like oh you boys going they around probably died. they probably died temple because people they probably died because katzenberg this is this is something I wrote down, especially during the plagues with the de- death of the firstborn. Like, 
they've already established what's happening, right? Like he said that the firstborn child in every home will will die. Yeah. Um, and so like the fact that they kind of sh- literally act, like explicitly show you the deaths of of multiple children <laughs> when yeah. they've already said what was going to happen and like they didn't really need to show it to me kind of yeah. felt like remember last time when we said like in ants we were like can he can we actually see the villain hit the bottom after his long fall like we never get to see him splat on the ground i feel like it, that's the same thing where he was like let's we got to see some kids die right come on yeah, yeah. this is this is dream well, so we're trying to be an edgy the, the 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 thing that you see like the only thing i remember seeing is the the spirit of the lord going into one of the homes and uh as it as it's leaving you see a, a, a arm fall out of a doorway yeah i think that's the only that's well there's like another the, one that's the only the, one where you where like the kid was awake before it happened but the first one is like there's a family of three sleeping in the same bed oh that's right and the spirit comes through and like one of them is now dead. Um, yeah. But they were, they were asleep. So there's no dramatic change visually, but like, yeah, that yeah. kid's dead it, now. It's not like, uh, it's not like Raiders of the Lost Ark where the, it's coming out of the Ark of the Covenant and, and people are, <laughs> the kids are exploding. Or melting. <laughs> <laughs> what if, what if, what if Spielberg comes in with a note and says, uh, I like this uh, spirit of the Lord thing coming in. It's very nice. What if we just spliced uh, the the Nazis' heads exploding and everything? <laughs> just just splice that clip in there with with the spirit of the Lord coming in. Because yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. You got this portal in the sky that's opening up. You have this this mystical beam of light shooting from the portal in the sky. <laughs> That's that's pretty much Raiders, guys. I see what you did there. <laughs> I'm just imagining it's kind of like this film's like Pazuzu, where of like subliminal imagery, and just like every 30 frames, you get a brief little segment of a Nazi's head exploding, and they're just the thematic parallels are incredible. Yeah. Yes. And like someone accidentally splices in one of those like little popcorn or Coca Cola ones, so you're like, oh man, like. I know kids are dying, but boy, am I thirsty. I could really go for some buttery popcorn right now. Um, but like this sequence, like there is a really, you know, I appreciate the fact that they show it. I know that won't work for everybody, but like the sequence uh, in this that I think is really, um, it's it feels weird to say it's cool, but like it's very impactful is that one where you see the spirit of the Lord go in and then it's just the candle dims. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that's that's really yeah. that's really impactful. That's a yeah. good see that one to me works better than than the arm falling out of the door. Um yeah. I feel like that was the compromise that they made. Like Katzenberg was like, all right, and then the and then God comes around and like blows a bunch of kids up and they melt, their faces melt. And then somebody else is like, No, we probably shouldn't even see any of the kids dying. And they're like, Okay, fine an arm falls out of the door. <laughs> is that enough for you, Katzenberg? Like, <laughs> And Katzenberg slowly like shuffles in his, back in his notes, his briefcase, where it's like, so in the Red Sea scene, all those dead kids, they're zombies now, and they're going to chase <laughs> after. That wasn't a whale. Yes, it's, exactly. That wasn't a whale? It's a bunch of kids, dead kids. They're uh, inside like, the whale. They're making Jonah? the shape of a giant whale like the ants made that wrecking ball. <laughs> oh, man. You ever seen World War Z? That's exactly what they did in that movie. <laughs> man. Um, cool. Well, 
that, that's that's nice. Um, <laughs> when you believe is the last song. When you believe is great. What do you guys think of when you believe? Yeah, it's a really um, good song. The pop good... version is great too. Yeah, oh, yeah. All right, it, Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. Oh yeah, Man. yeah. I really also like that. There's like that little chant in the middle that's like in Hebrew. Um, mm. I love that part. It's so yeah. I don't know what it is about it that it, it feels so like happy, and the fact that it's in Hebrew adds so much to what I love about it. Even though like I don't understand what it's saying, but it feels it fits so nicely, um, and it gives the whole song like a little like pump of energy right in the middle there. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. because it's, it's it the the way it's presented in the film, it's very it's not as poppy. It's very you know taken very plain. Not not plain. What what am I looking for? What's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's straightforward. Wait, like the version in the movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like. Well. Yeah. Very straightforward. Like. Like Broadway style. So- somber. Um, oh yeah yeah yeah. Overall. Yeah. Um. What a good song. Uh. Yeah. This movie is fantastic. I really wish that it had been the first from DreamWorks. Ooh, can we talk about some of the voice cast? I love Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, <laughs> here's Jeff Goldblum in the Prince of Egypt. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum being as Jeff Goldblumy as he can be with his voice. Yeah. Oh, totally, totally. He's just yeah. He's like straight up malcoming uh, this performance. <laughs> like he's he's really he, but 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 Moses. Um, yeah. He's, yeah, he's like you expect him to ask you about some wacky adventure. I will say this though, he's like such a killjoy the entire movie, and I know that's who Aaron is supposed to be, but it's just like let the dude have some fun. <laughs> like, yeah, you've got Jeff Goldblum, like do something. Um, yeah. not paid not to. Mo- the- oh, going ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say you paid all this money for Jeff Goldblum to read uh, 25, 30 lines, and this is what you get. Yeah, Come on, let, let let him let him live it up a little bit. You've already think- taken. Already right, taking liberties with the chariot race at the beginning. Might as well go for him. Do you think he showed up like in a wacky shirt and a leather jacket, his thick rim glasses, and that little like fedora hat? And he's just like, okay, I'm ready to be one of the most iconic uh, biblical characters in, in in literature today. And then he's just doing his Goldblum thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's pretty much that what it came down to. He recorded all of his lines in that laying back position, like that that famous pose that he does in Jurassic Park with his shirt open. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I gotta get into position. Ah, uh, yeah. Sure. Open, open my shirt. Now I'm ready to be Aaron, the brother of Moses. <laughs> bring in, bring in sexy biblical characters back. <laughs> um, so I, you know what? I, I will say this. I think um, something that's more and more apparent to me every single time I watch it, and it's weird to say this about Voldemort, uh, Ralph Fiennes. I don't know if he's the best choice for Ramses. Um, oh, really? I feel like he does give it maybe more of a nuanced approach than you would expect. But I feel like for Ramses, the voice doesn't exactly match the character. Um, I feel like there should be a little bit more of a leadership uh, tone in his voice. I think, um, I mean, not to get too stereotypical, but I think he should be a bit more baritone. And I think Ralph Fiennes does provide a hint of that softness of maybe a character who's in a position where he's not entirely qualified or the right person for it. But I still think that Ramses should have somebody who is genuinely 
evokes something i don't know maybe like a michael clark duncan or something like that during this time period i think would have played better for that character Hmm. Hmm. that's an interesting take i didn't think of that at all I, I didn't. I didn't think it, it was a a poor choice. I, I think I I kind of see what you're saying is that he could have used. He needs a bit more oomph. Yeah, like he should have gone with Devito. Is what I'm saying. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna let no. you people. Gilbert Godfrey as Ramses. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, now Moses. Um... <laughs> I am the evening and the morning star. <laughs> uh, I'm looking up uh, 1998 uh, leading uh, actors. Uh, okay. What about uh, here? <laughs> I'm just going to start at the top. And even, even if it sounds ridiculous, I'll, I'll just do like the first top 10 uh, leading uh, male actors around 1998. Uh, you have Robin Williams is number one. Okay. Uh, John Travolta, uh, Nicholas Cage, uh, Bruce Willis, uh, George Clooney, uh, Matt Damon, Mel Gibson, uh, Jim Carrey. I actually think I could hear Mel Gibson. Uh, Mel Gibson. Ugh, what the hell? <laughs> I could hear Mel Gibson like kind of in that role. Now that you mention, I think uh, he would have uh, loved playing the the pharaoh that enslaved the Hebrews. <laughs> that's exactly right, and that's why I wanted him to do it. Where's his artistic chant? Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yes, let me play him. I want to. I want to. I was born uh, for this role. <laughs> And then he's like, guys, there's this there's this new director coming up. His name is Eli Roth. And about about five <laughs> years, I'm going to rip him off with a Jesus movie. How do you guys feel about that? Do you think that's a good idea? People are going to watch it every Easter. They're going to play it at church assemblies. They're going to terrify some four-year-olds. It's People are going to love this. I Wait, what did Eli Roth do? Hostel? He, he did all the torture <laughs> porn movies. Well, yeah, I know, but what is... Oh, so you're saying that the yes, the, yes, the Passion of the Christ is a yeah. torture <laughs> porn movie. It totally it is. is. It is. I've actually never seen it. It's like no joke. It it's probably the most intense gore I've seen in a movie because it's just so realistically portrayed. Um, yeah. yeah, watch it for Easter. Watch it with the friends. Yeah, I'll do it. I do, I do need to watch it at some point. I went to Catholic school for like you know, kindergarten through eighth grade. So it's, it's a miracle that I haven't seen it. Honestly. Um, we used to watch this movie in school all the time. Prince of Egypt. That was like one of the favorite, you know, Oh, we're not doing anything in class today. We're going to either watch finding Nemo or, (laughs) or the Prince of Egypt. (laughs) My favorite, uh, my favorite, favorite Catholic story is about the love of a father that he has for his child. Yeah. 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 Marlon is the perfect allegory for God's love. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, <laughs> I think he's being mean. He just cares a lot about you. Yeah, yeah. And it's um, not his fault that your mom died. <laughs> um, uh, let's let's let's. Okay, so now we're gonna start a new segment that we're gonna do every time with every movie, and that is pitch. Now that. DreamWorks animation is owned by NBC Universal Comcast. That means that they can enhance and increase their presence in the theme parks. So for every movie, we are going to pitch our dream 
theme park attraction or experience for this film. So do, what, what do we have? What, what would be in your mind the, the prime opportunity for a Prince of Egypt theme park attraction, um, not including the, the Holy Land experience that already exists in Orlando? Although I don't think that's reopening. So maybe we can, we can take some of their ideas and put them in Universal. Yeah. Uh, so obviously something like Prince of Egypt, where it's kind of set up as this very classy, very, uh, you know, Broadway production kind of deal. You, you kind of think that Prince of Egypt would be perfect for uh, an in theme park, uh, a Broadway style. Yeah, uh, totally. With, with uh, people singing, uh, uh, lots of, great stage uh, acts and uh, special effects that can be used on the stage, especially for the plagues and everything like that. It has all this rich potential for that. Instead, I think we need to go with a classic dark ride, uh, Prince of Egypt and, and the scourge of the plagues. Mm. You get, you get in your, in your two seated uh, chariot and you're going uh, through Egypt, and 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 you're you're seeing Moses go down the river, and and you see him grow up, and then you see him. I I'm leaving. I will be back. And then he and then you turn the corner, and he's back. It's Moses. Oh, you better let my people go. And 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 you turn another corner, and. All of a sudden, oh, God is getting upset with you. Here come the plagues. And you go into the first room and there's there's all these sticks. And all of a sudden they turn into snakes. And then you go into the next room. Then there's water on the other side. And then the water turns red. Oh, my gosh. And then you go into the next room. And it's nothing but frogs. Frogs everywhere coming out of every place. And then locusts. And then you go into this room and it's like, there's a sign and it says boils and you go, Oh no. <laughs> Cause you can't, it's kind of hard to depict that. And <laughs> projection mapping, projection yeah. mapping onto Actually, your skin. It's the boils. As you talk about this, I'm kind of picturing like if they rethemed revenge of the mummy at universal Orlando as the Prince of Egypt ride. And so instead of Reggie at the beginning saying, are you insane? The curse is real. It's 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 the interaction between Ramses and Moses where he's like, I'm gonna bring some plagues if you don't let my people go. And he's like, I don't care. Bring it on. Yeah. And then and then you <laughs> get some of the <laughs> you get some of the plagues. It's in a the story coaster. Room. Yeah, a story coaster of the Prince of Egypt and the plagues. It's like a hy- hybrid yeah. of like Snow White scary adventures and um the mummy. And Revenge of the Mummy. Re- Revenge of the Mummy, yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's the ride, because what's what's you you tell me what's going to bring people to a theme park, a musical. And I, I, I want to preface this by anyone who is listening that it's actually in a musical production. I, I, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean I don't mean any ill will or anything. To, uh, John wants you to guys. quit your job right now. <laughs> You, Quit your job. Right now, get into attractions. Yeah, get on a roller coaster. Get on <laughs> a roller All coaster. I'm saying is, if they were so important, Grinchmas would have been back this year. Pandemic be oh, damned. Oh my gosh, you're right. Oof. Well, and actually, it's funny you mentioned the musical because there is a stage musical adaptation um, 
that here it says it debuted at Theater Works in Mountain View, California on October 14th, 2017. And then the show okay. had an international premiere on April 6th, 2018 in Denmark. And okay. then it made its West End debut in London at the Dominion wow. Theater on February 5th, 2020, with an official opening of February 25th. And then performances are expected to commence in in this month, February 2021. Um, oh, see. This month as of recording, I believe this episode is going to be out in March, but... Um, okay. But so, we'll see. yeah, it looks, like, it looks like you actually can go see a stage musical version of The Prince of Egypt. Right, so it's, all, it's already been done. Why? Why do it again? Yeah, get, get, get a little, get a little creative, get a little ballsy, make a make a big boy decision. Let's make this a story coaster. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now I think a story coaster is is a good choice. But uh, I've been thinking about this for a long time. Sometimes when I can't sleep, I think about how I would incorporate Prince of Egypt into my favorite theme park. <laughs> and um, the way that I've always thought about that is. Uh, Make it make it a shooting gallery attraction. Um, so I, I want oh. you to remove Men in Black, and um, you are an angel that is descended from heaven, um, and you are tasked <laughs> with absolutely just messing with the Egyptians, completely ruining their lives and their day. Um, and and your your ammunition, you might be wondering what what am I going to fire at these people? It's it's the ten plagues. Um, each scene corresponds with one of the plagues. So you're actually going to start. Uh, you're going to fire blood directly at Egyptian uh, figurines. Um, eventually, at one point, you're going to have to destroy a bunch of livestock. It's really sad. Most people decline and, and want to get off the ride <laughs> at that point. But <laughs> it is one of those things where you got to truck through because it's 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 what's expected of you. You know, big it's, points. It's duty. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, hidden targets that's big, like that's the big yes. like hit the red button moment. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's exactly right. Uh, when you hit the red button, all the cows topple over simultaneously. It's it'll really stick with you and your children. Um, and ultimately, it ends with just having a lineup of families, and you have to pick out of this lineup which one is the oldest. Um, if you miss. <laughs> If you shoot the wrong, <laughs> look, Lola, you might be going, I got to go with the one that's the tallest, but you could be wrong. <laughs> maybe, could, yeah. maybe the sibling is taller in this case. Yeah. Um, you have to look if, for the one, the one that has like the little, like kind of the first formings of a mustache showing up right there. That's exactly right. Like, that's exactly even right. Even if he's not the tallest. Um, but yeah, so go through, you have to take care of the firstborn, um, and you actually, in the most lifelike way, see the breath sucked out of these characters as they slump to the ground and their, <laughs> their little hands roll and they, they drop uh, various pottery. Um, it's really dramatic. Most people don't want to uh, to write it, but I I think it's important. And um, now that the Holy Land experience is gone, this is this is the most important attraction that we've had since the Holy Land experience's three o'clock parade. Um, I firmly believe that. <laughs> and and you get to the end and God goes, now I'd say you guys are like, woo. And you guys are like, woo. 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 Yeah. woo. <laughs> and at the end, you get a custom printed uh, scripture that has your yeah. scores in it. Um, that just says, if you took out, if you took out a hundred Egyptians on your ride through, it actually says God took wrath on a hundred Egyptians 
during this and it's just inserted into the exodus scripture yeah and if you get like the lowest score imaginable you just get uh, the shortest scripture in the bible which is jesus wept (laughs) (laughs) it just says jesus wept because they zigged when they should have zagged baby exactly (laughs) (laughs) wow you know, uh, so my pitch was going to be a river rapids ride based on um, on the basket <laughs> yes! in the river, but I don't know if that's going to beat the the <laughs> the plague's shooting gallery. Ride. No, I, I want to hear this now. Now that you said it, I'm like that, that makes so much sense. Please, yeah, is it? What is your ride? What is your your Cali River Rap? For those of you not in the know, <laughs> Cali River Rapids features a giant so scene of a a stuck truck in a burning forest. What is that? What is the the equivalent in in your your river rapids attraction, Kenneth? So it's you're you're in a big ugly basket, um, <laughs> going down the river. What which river is that? Is that the Nile? Uh, let's say it is. Sure. It's, so it's you're in the Nile, and uh, you know you run into some crocodiles and hippos, all of the stuff that happens to Moses's little basket on his journey down the river, which that it couldn't have been a long stretch of river. There's so much action packed into such a short stretch of that river. It's like 20 um, feet away. Yeah. Like between, <laughs> between where Moses's mom put him in and where the Pharaoh is, there's like all these wild animals and like ships and stuff. Um, yeah. Cause the, the sister is able to walk, like follow it walking. To where they find it. Yeah. It's like the mom is like, she can see the crocodiles and hippos from where she puts Moses in the river. And she's like, yep, go ahead. <laughs> she sees everything that he's about to go. Cause it's like right next to her. Maybe she just has poor eyesight and yeah. she's not able to see. Looks clear from here. Here you go. She's like, well, that way there's crocodiles and hippos. The other way there's nothing. I bet the yeah. river goes that way. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't take, she looks to the left and doesn't take into account the flow of the river going right. from left to right. And she's like, okay, <laughs> it's clear to the right. He's going to go. And, and she takes the time to sing the lullaby. And by the time she's yeah. singing the lullaby and focused on Moses, like focused she on her see, hair flowing. Yeah. <laughs> focused on the hair. She doesn't see all the crocodiles and hippos and, <laughs> and ships and oars and everything like slowly passing by her. She's singing this lullaby and she puts it in and she puts down the basket and she lets it go. And then she looks to the left and doesn't see everything that was just there. And then she looks to the right and she goes, I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> So, but the River Rapids ride is basically just like similar to Popeye or like Kylie River Rapids where you're just going down the river and it's pretty standard except every now and then you get a hippo or a crocodile or an oar. But, you know, it's not going to, it's, it's not going to match the excitement. What's that? Turning into a boat? No, running into a boat. There's one time where there's a boat that's coming straight, like straight on towards the basket and it kind of knocks the basket to the side. Yeah. So and that's where... Could, there could be a, a a moment in that in that ride where the raft is coming up to this large boat, and the the raft will will slowly like come up towards the boat, and the boat will kind of move towards the raft at the same time. So you're getting this imminent collision oh. kind of thing. And there's two paths around the boat that the raft can take. So it will yeah. knock into the the front of the boat and either go left or right. And maybe maybe this ride happen. is more of like a log flume type ride instead of a rapids ride. So it's like mm. it's more like a Dudley Do Right or like a Splash Mountain. 
Um, so that way things can be a little closer up to the side of you. Like get those hippos right in your face. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, I could see that. Yeah, I think that's the that's the answer. We can we've we've made three great attractions based on the Prince of Egypt that now <laughs> they've got a whole theme park land. Yeah. In like you get, you get a whole section. Epic Universe's Egypt area has <laughs> a mummy and three Prince of Egypt rides. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What if I think we need a parade too, just for this land. Um, and it's kind of like Mardi Gras, but like not to keep going back to the plague well, but like I want <laughs> individual representations of the plagues thrown at me. Um, if I don't leave covered in dead livestock, blood and boils, <laughs> then like what was the point of visiting? You know, I just want one of those signs that says plagues are universal, like off <laughs> on one of the billboards. And I, uh, I'm really disappointed that, that I yeah. haven't got it yet. Yeah, well, because the the DreamWorks acquisition by Universal is still relatively new. It happened in 2016, I want to say. And they haven't really incorporated a lot of DreamWorks into the parks since then, other than meet and greet characters. So I think they're just waiting for the right time when uh, when nostalgia for the Prince of Egypt is at, an, is at a peak for yeah, them to yeah. really announce like, hey, we're doing it. We're making your Prince of Egypt land that all of you have been wanting and waiting for since 1998. And... <laughs> It's going to be worth the wait. Yeah. One day they're just going to make these stilt walkers in front of mummy. And they're like, here's come meet Moses. And you're like, that's the same <laughs> character. And they're like, yeah, it's been under the radar the whole time. We've had representation. And like, yeah. that's why we had to buy DreamWorks. They found out. <laughs> and we can't, we can't be doing this under the table anymore. We, we need you guys to come know. Um, yeah. yeah, I, we're we're rapidly hurtling towards this conclusion is is what i'm saying yeah it's just a matter of time we know it's coming um well i feel like we've i feel like we've covered it this movie is great uh we all seem it seems we all loved it right like what like in general how would you sum up your feelings about this movie um john um it was an interesting choice first off because had we not had the spite movie ants to come out first, this would have been the first DreamWorks movie. And you're, 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 it's an interesting choice because it's not an original story per se. There are some liberties taken, but it's from a story source. Like a right. like a lot like a lot of Disney movies are from a story source that they'll take inspiration from old classic fairy tales or or uh, stories that have been told before and they'll make it their own so, and 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 introduce it in a way that becomes more widely recognized. Uh, for DreamWorks to for DreamWorks to go, this is going to be our first was something that was really it smart because they're not risking their their first film to be a, an original idea they're they're taking it from a story source and it's may, maybe a controversial choice of a story source because you're taking it from religious context but uh probably a, a wise decision um I don't know if I were to be in a room and it would be playing that I would 
sit down and watch it again as as good as good as the film was it's kind of those things where i've I, i've seen it um but it's not i i can't tell for sure because i just rewatched it yesterday i i can't tell for sure if i if it's gonna stick with me if i'm gonna be like driving to work and there's like nothing on the radio and all of a sudden i I start thinking about the songs from it or anything like that. Um, but a good movie. Definitely, definitely a little bit better than Ants. And a when little I say bit a, better. A little bit better than Ants. <laughs> I mean, a lot better than Ants. Uh, yeah, good movie. Uh, I don't, again, I don't know if I'd sit down and watch it again, but a good movie. Okay. I will say on the, on the topic of, of, of artistic liberties and differences from the Bible, my one, one of my complaints is that none of, I don't think any of those songs are in the Bible. And I think it's a, a real, real brave move to make that much of a change to the story. I don't, I don't remember any a, of those hymns. Yeah. I don't remember uh, those, you know, those I don't remember playing guys. with the big boys. Yeah, that is Sunday not morning. In my copy of the Bible. I don't know about you, <laughs> Hunter. Generally speaking, what like how was how 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 was your experience with this movie? Yeah, you know, this is one I revisited um, coming in with you guys. Um, but the reason for that is I had just rewatched this for the first time in a while back in December, um, and that kind of established, hey, you know, this really is a good movie. Um, and there is there, like I said, at the top of the show, there's been a lot of discussion coming back about this movie as far as people being like, Oh, wow. I have these fond memories of it. Um, it's one that I grew up with. Um, I tend to remember most people had a VHS copy of this that at least I knew at the time. And maybe that was just like the circle that I grew up in, but just like it was always available. Um, and I think even if you are not someone who is religious or even cares about the Bible, I still think the movie very smartly plays into that fairy tale or just classic story legend aesthetic where it's just like, here's a story that you know. Um, if you're a person of faith, um, then maybe you find something different in there. But I think there is something here for everybody. Um, I, like you guys have said, I think the songs are great. I think the animation is great. Um, and I just there's a lot to really like about it. I think that, yeah, it's found its place and I think it will continue to grow a little bit. I am interested to see if we're having this conversation 20 years from now, when kind of our age group has moved on um, into other things. But um, yeah, I guess just all that said that um, I think it's really good. And next time I go to Panera, I'm so excited to get a baby Moses bread bowl. <laughs> oh my god, that promotion was a, a lost opportunity there. Well, I guess Panera wasn't as big a thing when this movie came out, but you know they would have done it if it had been. It would have been easier to license if it wasn't as big of a thing, you know? I mean, there would have been a Panera Red Bull salad. There would yes. have been a Panera logo on the side of his basket <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> well, John, you bring up a good point because this would have been the era of like the McDonald's salad shakers and like mm. that's the little mixing ball. It's a little plastic baby Moses that you like rattle around. <laughs> yeah. Um and yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a crouton um, in the shape of Moses. <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah, this movie is fantastic. Um, God, I need to keep writing down the thoughts I have because they always leave me. 
Uh, but something that I thought of when you were talking is completely escaped me now. So I guess we'll just forget it. Um, oh man, but <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it was great. Yeah, just know that it was really good and funny. Um, <laughs> and we'll we'll insert. Uh, we'll we'll edit it to where um, Hunter and I will go. Oh yes, I agree, Kenneth. And 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 we'll 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 figure something out. We'll do it in post. Yeah, Hunter, will you real quickly just say, "Oh yes, I agree, Kenneth." Oh yes, I absolutely agree, Kenneth. Oh man, great point, Kenneth. Okay, cool. We'll f- we'll put it we'll put it right here. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I love this movie. I think it's really good. I, I wish it had been the first movie from DreamWorks. Um, and yeah, just a really ambitious choice. Uh, not a movie I watched a ton growing up, so I, it still feels pretty fresh to me every time I watch it now. And yeah. uh yeah, the songs are great. Everything about it. I just like everything about it. It's really good. And I think it it holds up to any of the Disney Renaissance um movies. I remembered what I was gonna say now. Um, and it was that yeah, like the way that Hercules is a m- movie that is, you know, it's not for people of the ancient Greek faith. It's a movie for anybody based on that faith, um, loosely, I guess. Uh but you know. It's not like, oh, I don't really know, you know, Greek gods, so I, I don't get this movie, you know, like, no, that movie is for everyone. And it's based on a specific set of stories. And this movie kind of falls into that same category, just a lot less, not as upbeat and fun, but kind of kind of playing by this a similar set of rules. You know what I mean? It, it, sure. It's sure. it's accessible. Yes. Is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, I agree, Kenneth. Oh, yes. I absolutely agree, Kenneth. Oh, man. Great point, Kenneth. But Uh, it's also, I think it really does a good job of portraying that story as well. Um, Like, there's not a lot in here where it's like, where the hell did that come from? Like, there's no, like, buddy cop divergent story with Moses and Ramses. (laughs) Like, it is, for the most part, fairly accurate. And I do respect him for that. No talking animals. No No talking animals. Sidekicks. Can you imagine just like the cows are out there having a conversation before they kick it? <laughs> One's played by Roseanne. Or, or um, <laughs> Moses has like some dogs uh, in his room at one point. They look like like hieroglyphic dog drawings. And, oh, man. Talked, oh, we didn't even talk about the hieroglyphic. We scene. didn't even that talk whole about that sequence. Scene. That to that me, the way, that the, the way that the basket stands out to you, Hunter, as like, oof, that's a... Uh, a rough thing that's kind of how i feel about that sequence but it also doesn't bother me because it is a dream it's sequence so and it's yeah it's so stylized and like weird in a fun way and it's a dream and i think it would have been a lost opportunity in a movie like this to not use hieroglyphs in some sort of animated sequence so like it really it's really fun yeah yeah that scene is great i mean i i kind of <laughs> i breezed over it in my uh, in, in my plots summary explanation, cue cool dream sequence of hieroglyphics giving exposition of Seti killing Hebrew babies. <laughs> that that the whole dream sequence, it, you you kind of see a lot of the 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 3D modeling and and the, the computer animation mixed in with I, I I don't know what kind of animation that is because it's like it's almost like stop animation. No, it's not stop animation. I don't know the the way they kind of animate all the hieroglyphics and everything very interesting very very uniquely uh stylized so 
Yeah. Man. When I think when I think of that of the movie like from my childhood, that's one of the things I remember is that sequence. Mm. Um that and the 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 chariot race at the beginning. Like those are the two things that were like as a kid watching this movie, those are the things that really stuck out to me. Yeah. Um but anyway, uh, I think that's probably going to do it for the Prince of Egypt. I think we've we've covered it all. We've we've shared what we think. We liked what we saw. Um, Hunter, if people enjoyed listening to you here and they didn't know you already, which if that's the case, they're probably personal friends of me or John's. Um, if they're listening to the show and they don't know who you are, <laughs> but uh, anyone 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 who uh, wants to keep up with you, where can they where can they do that? Sure. I mean, if you want to keep up with me personally, the best place to do that is on Twitter. You can find me at Hanbrolo77. That's H-A-N-B-R-O-L-O-7-7. Of course, the year the original Star Wars came out. Usually talking about Halloween, Halloween Horror Nights, uh, a little bit of animation. Definitely my my uh, what's rapidly becoming my old uh, scene emo days. So yeah, follow for all that fun stuff. Um, but if you want to keep up with me, just my voice, because that's what you're really here for. Um, don't get it but you know more power to you you can find me of course on disorder every disney film where we have completed our original mission our original Mio gibson we have completed <laughs> our original mission statement <laughs> where we have completed our original mission statement of reviewing each disney animated film chronologically all the way from snow white to saludos amigos on down to frozen 2 all of that has been completed we just did our first uh off the chronology uh with with a goofy movie so check that out and of course you can hear me talk halloween horror nights on the catacombs of halloween horror nights and you can also hear me talk pop culture slash theme parks on my home show grim grinning hosts which you two gentlemen um are part of our legacy for sure and you know you and gary uh did did the new ggh opening theme and uh people hear you all the time it's it's good stuff yeah and it's really fun for me that you've been you're here now because disorder i've been i was listening i mean i've known you for you know since before you were on disorder uh yeah. we've known each other uh since what like 2016 i think was when we met for the first yeah, time it would have been vamp years yeah it, yeah in the vamp 55 scare zone we met there and um uh listening to disorder i was like man this show is so fun and i originally i wanted to do pixorder where like I, I did like an offshoot of, of your show doing Pixar movies. But then as the yeah. years went on and as you kind of on a disorder, you guys kind of said that you, when you finished the main Walt Disney animation films that you were going to kind of shoot off into general Disney, like anything you want to talk about, including some Pixar stuff. I was like, okay, well, if I want to do a show like disorder, I should do something else that isn't Disney related. And so I landed on DreamWorks sure. because I mean, uh, aside from Disney, I think D DreamWorks probably has the second largest catalog of animated films from one studio. Um, there's 39 yeah. DreamWorks animated films in, in only a short span of time. It's really impressive. They've only been a studio for like 23 years and they have 39 movies. Um, and so, yeah, it's really fun that you're here and talking about it because your show is kind of the inspiration for this show. And uh also... I just have to thank you personally because you introduced me to Gary. Uh, so Pangolin exists really because of, because of you. Um, hey, like it's, 
I, uh, I'm just fortunate to know all you guys. Uh, I think this is great, and I'm really excited to see where this goes going forward. If you ever want to talk uh, the Dragon franchise, that is my favorite trilogy of all time. I'd be happy to. Oh, talk okay. Um, but oh, for yeah, sure. I just, um, yeah, I, I really like this. And I got to say, I think just speaking personally to you guys, like DreamWorks is objectively more fun than talking about Disney in the sense of I love talking about those and like maybe those have a little bit more of an iconic presence, but like DreamWorks, the quality varies like so consistently, like you're not going to be on a constant run of this movie's great. This movie's great. This movie's great. You're going to actually be able to like, well, that one was a bummer, but I can't wait for the next thing. (laughs) So like there's a lot (laughs) more to get into. Um, And I'm excited for you guys to uh, have the flexibility And, and, you know, it also helps that I think you guys have your own original format and you're not doing the disorder thing where we meticulously break down every single scene in the movie. Um, <laughs> that, that's going to help a lot. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's going good so far. I'm excited for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. That actually was another reason I liked DreamWorks as a topic because, you know, it's fun to talk and listen to people talk about things they like, but all, sometimes it's more fun to talk about things that you don't like. And we'll get to do both on this show. So I'm really, that's one of the things that I was like, that'll be really fun. Cause nobody really celebrates the DreamWorks animation like legacy because it's yeah. not, it's not consistently good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, John, John, if people want to uh, keep up with you personally, what, where can people do that? You, you can find me on dream jerks where else uh you can also <laughs> you can also uh find me on uh thursdays on twitch uh, uh starting at 9 p.m uh that's going to be john squared circle with uh john lewis on twitch i think go twitch slash john lewis where uh john lewis and i will talk about uh wrestling professional wrestling that's going on and, and everything that's happening in the world of wrestling for the week. And, uh, you can also look me up on at pangolin FL for more music, yeah. for more and, music. And, yeah. And with Kenneth as well. Yeah. We're in there together. And yeah. then me, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, although I don't really use Instagram very much. Um, at King Kemen. And this show is also all over Twitter and Instagram at Dream Jerks Pod. If you want to email us for whatever reason, we are um, dreamjerkspodcast at gmail.com. So you can send anything you want to send our way right there or on the two social media sites that we are using. I might make a Facebook group for it too. By the time you, this episode's out, there might be a Facebook page. So okay. you can also yeah, look for that. Um, good. So this episode will be out March 10th. And yeah, I think that's going to do it for the Prince of Egypt. Thank you again, Hunter, so much for jumping on and talking about this movie with us. And yes, thank you. Anytime. And so, yeah, until next time in two weeks, when we talk about the road to El Dorado for the dream to work. Oh, that's the next one? That's the next one, the road to El Dorado. Oh, how do you feel about that? that? John, are you excited? I am excited for that. <laughs> okay, and Hunter, we're gonna have we're gonna have another one of your dream jerks, or not dream jerks, one of your Disney pals, uh, Michael, is gonna join us for that one. So we're keeping this disorder train oh, nice. going. Yeah, um, very. And cool. and one of cool. one of me and one of me and John's friends is also gonna be there with for that one too. So 
We're going to have two friends on for the Road to El Dorado in two weeks. So please come back and listen to that if you like that movie. Or if you don't, maybe we won't like it and maybe we'll say bad things about it and it'll be funny. Um, anyway, all right, for the dream yeah. to work, we got to go to sleep. So good night, everybody. Dream Jerks podcast has no affiliation with DreamWorks Animation, Universal Pictures, or Comcast NBC Universal. The views and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not represent the companies or organizations they happen to work for. Theme music by Pangolin. It's hard to kill.